Chapter Twenty Five, Part Two of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Silva. The Mysteries of Paris, Volume One, by Eugene Sue. Chapter Twenty Five, Part Two. What was to happen did happen. Rodolph saw Sarah daily after his return and became desperately enamored. She soon told him that she shared his love, although she foresaw that this love would create great trouble. He could never be happy. The distance that separated them was too wide. She then recommended to Rudolph the most profound discretion, for fear of arousing the Grand Duke's suspicions, as he would be inexorable and deprive them of their only happiness, that of seeing each other every day. The young prince promised to be cautious and conceal his love. The Scotch maiden was too ambitious, too self-possessed to compromise and betray herself in the eyes of the court, and Rodolph, perceiving the necessity of dissimulation, imitated Sarah's prudence. The lover's secret was carefully preserved for some time, nor was it until the brother and sister saw the unbridled passion of their dupe reach its utmost excess and that his infatuation, which he could hardly restrain, threatened to burst forth afresh and destroy all that they resolved on their final coup. The doctor's character authorizing the confidence, besides the morality which invested it, Satan opened to him on the necessity of a marriage between Rodolphe and Sarah. Otherwise, he added with perfect sincerity, he and his sister would instantly live Carolstein. Sarah participated in the prince's affection, but, preferring death to dishonor, she could only be the wife of his highness. This exalted flight of ambition stupefied the doctor, who had never imagined that Sarah's imagination soared so high. A marriage surrounded by numberless difficulties and dangers appeared impossible to Polidori and he frankly told Satan the reasons why the Grand Duke would never submit to such a union. Satan agreed in the importance of the reasons, but proposed a mezzo termini, which should meet all objections, a marriage which, although secret, should be legal, and only avowed after the decease of the Grand Duke. Sarah was of a noble and ancient house, and such a union was not without precedent, Satan gave the prince eight days to decide. His sister could not longer endure the cruel anguish of uncertainty, and if she must renounce Rudolph's love, she must act up to her painful resolve as promptly as might be. Certain that he could not mistake Sarah's view, the doctor was sorely perplexed. He had three ways before him to inform the Grand Duke of the matrimonial project, to open Rudolph's eyes as to the maneuvers of Tom and Sarah, to lend himself to the marriage, but to inform the Grand Duke would be to alienate from him forever the heir presumptive of the throne. To enlighten Rudolph on the interested views of Sarah was to expose himself to the reception which a lover is sure to give when she whom he loves is depreciated in his eyes, and then what a blow for the vanity or the heart of the young prince to let him know 
that it was for his royal rank alone that the lady was desirous to wed him on the other hand by lending himself to the match Polidori rebound rodolph and sarah to him by a tie of the strongest gratitude or at least by the complicity of a dangerous act no doubt all might be discovered and the doctor exposed to the anger of the grand duke but then the marriage would have been concluded the union legal the storm would blow over and the future sovereign of gerolstein would become the more bound to polidori in proportion as the doctor had undergone greater dangers in his service after much consideration therefore he resolved on serving sarah but with a certain qualification which we will presently refer to rodolph's passion had reached a height almost of frenzy violently excited by constraint and the skilful management of sarah who pretended to feel still more than he did the insurmountable obstacles which honor and duty placed between them and their liberty in a few days more the young prince would have betrayed himself thus when the doctor proposed that he must never see his enchantress again or possess her by a secret marriage rodolph threw himself on polidori's neck called him his saviour his friend his father he only wished that the temple and the priest were at hand that he might marry her that instant the doctor resolved for reasons of his own to undertake the management of all he found a priest witnesses and the union all the formalities of which were carefully scrutinized and verified by satan was secretly celebrated during a temporary absence of the grand duke at a conference of the german diet the prophecy of the scotch soothsayer was fulfilled sarah wedded the heir to a throne without quenching the fire of his love possession rendered rodolph more circumspect and cooled down the violence which might have compromised the secret of his passion for sarah but directed by satan and the doctor the young couple managed so well and observed so much circumspection towards each other that they eluded all detection an event impatiently desired by sarah soon turned his calm into a tempest she was about to become a mother it was then that this woman evinced all those exactions which were so new to and so much astonished rodolph she protested with hypocritical tears streaming from her eyes that she could no longer support the constraint in which she lived a constraint rendered the more insupportable by her pregnancy in this extremity she boldly proposed to the young prince to tell all to his father who was as well as the dowager grand duchess fonder than ever of her no doubt she added he will be very angry greatly enraged and at first but he loves his son so tenderly so blindly and had for her sarah so strong an affection that his paternal anger would gradually subside and she would at last take in the court of gerolstein the rank which was due to her she might say in a double sense because she was about to give birth to a child which would be the heir presumptive 
to the Grand Duke. These pretensions alarmed Rudolph. He knew the deep attachment which his father had for him, but he also well knew the inflexibility of his principles with regard to all the duties of a prince. To all these objections, Sarah replied unmoved, I am your wife in the presence of God and man. In a short time, I shall no longer be able to conceal my situation, and I ought not to blush at that of which I am, on the contrary, so proud and would desire openly to acknowledge. The expectation of posterity had redoubled Rodolph's tenderness for Sarah, and placed between the desire to accede to her wishes and the dread of his father's wrath. He experienced the bitterest anguish. Satan sided with his sister. The marriage is indissoluble, said he to his royal brother-in-law. The Grand Duke may exile you from his court, you and your wife, nothing more, but he loves you too much to have recourse to such an extremity. He will endure what he cannot prevent. These reasons, strong enough in themselves, did not soothe Rodolph's anxieties. At this juncture, Satan was charged by the Grand Duke with an errand to visit several breeding studs in Austria. This mission, which he could not refuse, would only detain him a fortnight. He set out with much regret, and in a very important moment for his sister. She was chagrined yet satisfied at the departure of her brother, for she would lose his advice, but then he would be safe from the Grand Duke's anger if all were discovered. Sarah promised to keep Satan fully informed day by day of the progress of events so important to both of them, and that they might correspond more surely and secretly. They agreed upon a cipher, of which Polidori also held the key. This precaution alone proves that Sarah had other matters to tell her brother of besides her love for Rudolph. In truth, this selfish, cold, ambitious woman had not felt the ice of her heart melt even by the beams of the passionate love which had been breathed to her. Her maternity was only with her a means of acting more effectually on Rudolph and had no softening effect on her iron soul. The youth headlong love and inexperience of the prince who was hardly more than a child and so perfidiously ensnared into an inextricable position hardly excited an interest in the mind of this selfish creature and in her confidential communications with him she complained with great disdain and bitterness of the weakness of this young man who trembled before the most paternal of german princes who lived however very long in a word this correspondence between the brother and sister clearly developed their unbound selfishness their ambitious calculations their impatience which almost amounted to homicide and laid bare the springs of that dark conspiracy crowned by the marriage of rodolph one of sarah's letters to her brother was abstracted by polidori the channel of their mutual communications for what purpose we shall see hereafter a few days after satan's departure sarah was at the evening court of the dowager grand duchess many of the ladies present looked at her 
with an astonished air and whispered to their neighbors the grand duchess judith in spite of her ninety years had a quick ear and a sharp eye and this little whispering did not escape her she made a sign to one of the ladies-in-waiting to come to her and from her she learned that everybody was remarking that the figure of miss sarah satan of halsbury was less slender less delicate in its proportions than usual the old princess adored her young protege and would have answered to god himself for sarah's virtue indignant at the malevolence of these remarks she shrugged her shoulders and said aloud from the end of the saloon in which she was sitting my dear sarah come here sarah rose it was requisite to cross the circle to reach the place where the princess was seated who was anxious most kindly to destroy the rumor that was circulated and by the simple fact of thus crossing the room confounded her calumniators and proved triumphantly that the fair proportions of her protege had lost not one jot of their symmetry and delicacy alas the most perfidious enemy could not have devised a better plan than that suggested by the worthy princess in her desire to defend her protege sarah came towards her and it required all the deep respect due to the grand duchess to repress the murmur of surprise and indignation when the young lady crossed the room the nearest sighted persons saw what sarah would no longer conceal for her pregnancy might have been hidden longer had she but have chosen but the ambitious woman had sought this display in order to compel rodolph to declare his marriage the grand duchess who however would not be convinced in spite of her eyesight said in a low voice to sarah my dear child how very ill you have dressed yourself to-day you whose shape may be spanned by ten fingers i hardly know you again we will relate hereafter the results of this discovery which led to great and terrible events at this moment we will content ourselves with stating what the reader has no doubt already guessed that fleur de marie was the fruit of their secret marriage to rodolph and sarah and that they both believed their daughter dead it has not been forgotten that rodolph after having visited the house in the rue du Tombe, had returned home and intended in the evening to be present at a ball given by the ambassadress it was to this fete that we shall follow his royal highness the reigning grand duke of gerolstein gustavus rodolph traveling in france under the name of the count de duran end of chapter twenty five